this episode, Brett, Dude, and Tyler welcome in Seth Benheim from Broken Barrel Whiskey to talk about their products, process, and history on this episode of The Bourbon Hunters. But before we get started, let me tell you about Greenline Goods. This four-year-old company is based in Chicago and creates high-quality etched and printed glassware. Check them out with the link in our Instagram bio and save 15% off using the discount code BourbonHunters. You can also check them out at GreenlineGoods.com. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Hunters. I am Dude Pool. I'm joined by Brett Ryan and Tyler Schaefer. And today we have Seth Benheim from uh, Broken Barrel. And uh, say hi to everyone. Hello. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. So, uh, all right. So we've got uh, about a half hour. It's a little shorter than our normal show. Uh, so we're not going to do too much. Uh, I guess just chit chat. But uh, we'll get right into it here. So. Uh, we have you on the show. We also have the uh, Luciferous um, Single Malt Whiskey, which is, uh, what is it, 122.6? Yep. Uh, on, the, uh, <laughs> on the proof. And uh, so real quick, I know you wanted to do a little bit of an abbreviated uh, intro to uh, Broken Barrel. Tell us a little bit about Broken Barrel and a little bit about yourself, and then we'll kind of jump into your products and uh, start talking about those. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Broken Barrel. Uh, I started uh, a different company called Infused Spirits Group back in 2012. So this is my uh, my 10 years uh, doing spirits, nice. which is pretty, um, it's pretty amazing to think that 10 years, it doesn't feel like 10 years. Um, but I haven't really done many things other than go to school for 10 years. <laughs> I have only been with my wife for eight. So it's like, that's probably the longest other than school of any one thing I've done. I haven't even played a single sport for 10 years wow. consistently. So, um, it's pretty amazing to think that that much time's gone by. Absolutely. But we, uh, what got you into it? What made you think you wanted to do a, you know, be in the spirits industry first off. And then, uh, <laughs> this approach, I was always, you know, I was always pretty entrepreneurial. Um, in college I had a small business and then, you know, I kind of hit this point about a year into, working after graduating college. And I thought, you know, the next big idea that I have, I'm just going to really go for it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to think about it or dwell on it for three, four, five months. I'm just going to charge after it full steam and see what happens. And so, cause there was a couple other ideas I'd had and then I watched them come to life through other people and other people, you know, ideas like, Oh, I was going to start a, a pizza business, uh, you know, make pizzas really quickly with a, you know, really high heat oven. Well, that's everywhere now. <laughs> that was, and I'm not saying like, I thought of it first, but I just like I had that idea, as I'm sure many other people did. And when I saw that it was really viable, um, I was like, man, that was actually a pretty decent idea. And I think a lot of people are coming out with that. So maybe my ideas in general aren't that bad. I don't know. <laughs> Way to look so, at it, yeah. I was like, all right, so the next one I have, that's what I'm going to do. And so the next one I happened to have was uh, infusing vodkas with fruit in the bottle and creating these infusions, these uh, single bottle infusions. So I did that. Um, I kind of at the time thought I had it all figured out and that I knew all the people I needed to know, none of whom ended up 
working with me even for like a day. <laughs> so, you know, it, it kind of met all of these other people, but luckily I did meet some of the right people early on and they got behind me and the, helped me build the brand. And then I went off and we raised some money and started the company. And you know, about five years in, we said, you know what, let's do some more. Let's expand to different uh, categories. And so we came out with some bitters and we came out with some whiskey. So we had vodka bitters and whiskey by 2017. And then the whiskey kind of sat there and, and people liked it and it was selling. And we had a couple conversations. And then next thing you know, we kind of said, you know what, this seems to be its own thing. And we had already made the video of us breaking barrels with sledgehammers. So if you go to brokenbarrelwhiskey.com or if you go to our Instagram uh, at brokenbarrelwhiskey, you can see what I'm talking about, which is me and sometimes others from the company are out there in like the parking lot or in like, you know, in various areas around uh, the distillery in Kentucky that we work with. And we're smashing barrels with sledgehammers and axes. And uh, we are doing some pretty crazy <laughs> stuff. Uh, so, but awesome. that aside, you know, Broken Barrel is, it's centered around what we call the oak bill. So every whiskey has a mash right. bill. We have an oak bill. And this trademark term that we came up with is essentially a composition of different types of barrel staves. So we smash the barrels and we gather up the staves that comprise those barrels. And we take, you know, 20% uh, sherry cask, 40% French oak, 40% uh, ex-bourbon barrel. And we put those staves into the whiskey. So we put the, the wood in the whiskey, not just the whiskey into wood. Mm -hmm. And we kind of do it backwards. So our rye whiskey, for example, is called heresy rye because it's, you know, it's outside the norm. It's just not the way some people would say it's sacrilegious, the way we're making whiskey. But we, you know, we got, we got some pretty good scores on that one and others. So, you know, we're, we're sitting there with 91 points on the core lineup, uh, 93 on the rye and 94 on our cast strength. So we're pretty happy with that, all things considered. And, um, we're, we're making some headlines now. We're starting to get some press and some, you know, some buzz around the brand. We've had some really unique releases this year, and I'm really excited that you guys are going to be trying one of our really rarer, more limited releases. It's our first ever single malt whiskey. That's awesome. And it was just four barrels, really, really small production. Um, these were made for a really cool group uh, online called tastersclub.com. You can, uh, hopefully by the time this comes out, you can still get bottles there. They sell to their club members first, and then they open the rest to the public. Um, because we did this many barrels, they had a little bit more than I think they, they bought all of it. So they, they put it in their club and it was really cool. Um, yeah, hundred percent single malt finished with Amaro and French Oak staves. Yeah, that sounds nice. So, so uh, pretty cool. Just, I guess that kind of is a great segue. So you talk about breaking up the staves. You talk about uh, your your uh, you don't have the mash bill. Uh, what did you say it was again? You have your uh, oak bill. Well, we have the oak yeah. bill. We so on every bottle, we actually, if you turn it sideways, you'll see listed the mash bill and the oak bill. So we put that on everything. Every product has a listed mash bill, and every product has a listed oak bill. So there's, you know, we're trying to be transparent. Sure. We're trying to let people know 
where the whiskey is from, yeah. what grains were used, that's a new what trend oak that I think a lot of people used. are loving. That's yeah. a, so I, I like the idea. That's that's great, Oakville. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess just to be, uh, you're, you're say you try to be transparent here. So I'm assuming like with a 95.5 uh, mash bill for rye and malted barley, that's like probably MGP or something like that. Or no, so are you, it's so, not. No. So you'll notice the rye. Uh, I don't think you guys have this one in front of you, right? No. We do not. Um, so you yeah, said yeah. Uh, the the you were talking about the mash bill ninety five five. Yeah, so ninety five five. So actually, Jacob Call, who was the master distiller up until recently at Green River Distilling mm-hmm. in Owensboro, Kentucky, um, he does a ninety five five Kentucky rye. Sure. So it's sourced locally. Um, all the milling, all the uh, fermentation, distillation barrel aging, barrel breaking, stave finishing, all of that happens for our core lineup, which is our small batch, our heresy rye, um, the, the bourbons, the ryes are all coming from Kentucky, nice. from Jacob Call, uh, from Green River. Very nice. So those are, yeah, so yeah, it is an Indiana style rye for sure. 95.5 is definitely originally, I think, popularized by uh, MGP, yeah. but but I no, actually we are, saw it on uh, your we website. Are actually Owensboro, rye, and uh, yeah, I wanted to give you the opportunity to say that because when <laughs> when people see ninety five five, a lot of people just originally yeah. assume you know MGP. So so that brings me to my next question: Do you guys distill all of your whiskey? Is it uh, all distilled in that uh, Kentucky area? Do you source any of it, or how? Do... No, no. So the luciferous you're drinking tonight, for example, uh-huh. is from MGP. Okay. Yeah, I don't believe um, Green River has. Uh, they could, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't believe they ever distilled, at least for availability to us or any other, you know, contracted partners of theirs, a 100% single malt whiskey. Yeah. Um, it's not a very popular thing in Kentucky. Sure, single sure. Malt. I mean, we've had a uh, so Oregon. Like I think we've done a single malt yeah. whiskey and a couple other, and it has its, oh, yeah. it has its popularity for sure. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, we've got this in our glass here. So it's uh, 100% uh, malted barley, right? Uh, this yeah. is luciferous. It's 122.6 proof, right, Tyler? Yep. That's right. You were, you, you were, you had one job tonight, Tyler. It was to hold the <laughs> bottle and give us information and the bottle's already on the table. So, um, <laughs> well, I, I wanted you to see the oak bill on there. I appreciate it. Um, so the oak bill on this one here is uh, we've got uh, the French or no, oh, I'm sorry. Amaro. Amaro. Amaro and uh, French, and French oak. oak. Okay, so 80% Amaro and 20% French oak. And I, I love right. that approach, you know, talking about the oak bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a cool, uh, that's a cool, it, not to say that it is the same, but it's kind of similar to like, you know, the, uh, the, um, oh, what is Single it? Single uh, oak project? No, no, no. The, uh, the stuff they do over at uh, Private Select over oh, at Maker's? Uh, Maker's Mark. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, how they do the staves and different things yeah. like that. So tell us about that process about breaking up the the barrels and then how that gets added too. So when you do your aging, are you adding the um, are you adding the smashed up barrels to an already aged product or are you adding that? Yeah, okay. yeah. So the age statement you'll see on Luciferous says no less than thirty six months. Um, we dumped these at forty two months uh, at the beginning of September. So these would have been in the beginning of November. Um, uh, four year. Okay. And so these are just, just under four. Um, the, 
do pl- oak staves are added into and you know for single barrels we use 55 gallon yeah. drums for up to five barrels we'll use totes and then for anything bigger than that which is generally our core lineup we have tanks yeah. um and those tanks and when i say we i mean green river has tanks yeah. that they'll load much larger quantities you know if it's 10 20 30 barrels that's going to go into a tank sure. um, whereas the five barrel batches will go into totes yeah. um and yeah, we're, we're literally just adding them in. But the age statement, if you ever see an age statement, it's not going to count the finish. Okay. Mm. So, yeah. That's, you, so uh, you said it, it's at least 36 months old when it gets to you, or that's the length of time that you let the finishing staves be in there? The former. The, the, the gotcha. age statement has to be, like for bourbon, for example, the age statement has nothing to do with the amount of time it's finished or staved. Yeah. Um, so that that if you see a ten year old bourbon coming out, that's going to be uh, a ten year regular bourbon, and then any oak bill applied to that would be not counted. Gotcha. In addition, and then you're talking about Maker's Mark. You know, the big fundamental difference there is that they're using all these different. Um, technically produced staves from isc for example so they're gonna have like you know uh infrared toasting or you know vanilla maple wood or mesquite wood Mm -hmm. or you know the french staves or the 46 staves that they have um which is awesome i mean look I'm, i'm a big maker's mark fan um but the difference there is that they're putting all these new staves that are bringing out various different profiles and there's so much science and research behind that Ours is used barrels, so used port barrels, used Amaro sure. barrels, used yeah. um, X bourbon, X rye, X rum. You know, you name it. So that's not Makers does not do that to my knowledge, right. or has yeah. not. Done I was that. just so I was just kind of comparing yeah. it more to like the oak bill in a sense. You know how yeah. they tell you how many stages yeah. they put in, but yeah, that I mean it does make sense, and it's not this not the same for sure. Um, well, it's, yeah, it's, just, it's cool. It's just, it's just different, um, for people that like makers, this is probably a fun, especially on the bourbon side or the bourbons we make, it's a fun kind of exploration sure. into that process, but with a different world of oaks made yeah. available because those oaks are, we were, we, we like the word oak a lot, yeah. but those barrel staves are coming from used barrels that had been flavored by all these different previous sure. contents be it wine yep. or rum or whatever yep so I've, i got a quick question and then i want to jump into products um so i know like bartstown bourbon company for example you know they expanded their portfolio with the with green river how does that affect you or does it affect you at all do they just continue their operations as they've always done or, or what happens here well um, we recently posted a picture, so we're going to go into um, some single barrel programs. I think there's different levels of efficiencies because uh, there was a headline that you guys may or may not have caught about Bardstown. They opened up their new bottling line um, last year, and it's pretty amazing. I mean, I got to go see it, and it's about I think it's a fifty million dollar bottling line. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, yeah. and you know. So Green River has a, two bottling lines currently, and you know we're in the, the tail end of 2022. And yeah, so the, the stuff at, uh, at Bardstown is way more efficient and way more capable of churning out you know high volumes, but also 
they have some different ways in doing things. So they're able to actually put out more single barrels and smaller quantities as well and do it really efficiently where they can, you know, change labels quicker and, and come start and finish a project quicker. And there's just more kind of, of a, a scope of work that they have. So I think we'll see for us if things do move to Bardstown, I'm not saying they will, but if they do, um, there's a lot of opportunity for us to explore broaden and expand what we have coming out in the fourth quarter of 2022. And that's our single barrel program where we're going to stop doing things as, as maybe as crazy as luciferous in these kind of fanciful names and packages <laughs> and stuff and start offering more people, mm. more access. Cause right now it's really hard to get these yeah. like luciferous is not going to be easy to get, you know, three months from now, you won't find a bottle right. or you, you just will be gone and it'll be, you know, lost in history. And the people that knew about it or that were you know onto it will have bought one or two or more of those and then they'll be gone. And so and that's the beauty we of keep... these LTOs. I mean, that's, that's what uh, attracts people to them. I think yeah. is to get something that is almost like a little piece of whiskey history or, or whatever it may be. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think with single barrels though, like, we, if we can broaden our program, you know, I can't tell you how many knob Creek single barrel bourbons arise, you know, that I knew the guys that were doing the pick and, you know, they were really good whiskeys that I knew were going to be good. You know, having had prior, uh, store picks from that store, or that club or that group. And so, um, there's some, there's something fun about that. And if we can make our process broken barrel with the single barrel cast strength stuff more available, yeah. To more groups and more, you know, clubs and liquor stores and cast strength. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but this is this is going to be more of that experience of coming out and picking not only the barrel but Oak the Oakville. Oak yeah, that's yeah. cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the fun part. So if we can expand that, I think there's so many people that haven't had a chance to try it yet, and we get asked a lot of times, you know, oh, when are we going to get a bourbon finish with you know rum or this or that, and it's. We want to make the barrier to entry smaller so more people can try sure. it. And so hopefully, to long answer your question, <laughs> uh, the Bardstown acquisition and transition will open some doors with that, I think, um, yeah. potentially, whether they make changes at Green River or can we can make product at both facilities or I think the whiskey will stay Green River's whiskey. That's not really going to change. And to my understanding, there's no reason it would. Um, but from a production standpoint and sort of like what new products can we now make with the two facilities mm -hmm. being under one roof? Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of room for expansion of what we can offer and how much of it we have to and can make. So sure. that'll be a big change. That'll be cool going into next year. That's interesting. Nice. Yeah. I'd like to see how that, uh, how that expands or, you know, increases your, uh, your product, uh, possibilities. So that'll be kind of neat to see. And I, you know, that idea of the, uh, being able to choose your own Oak bill, you know, if you do a single barrel, that's kind of a neat oh, idea. Yeah. People so, would like that a lot. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, not again, but just because that's in my head, one of the more similar things, but that's kind of why a lot of people like doing those makers mark private sucks because they can choose their, you know, their stave profile, if you will. Um, but that Oak bill, that's, that's kind of a neat, uh, you know, play on that because you get to use those used barrels and, and different things like that. So that's neat. So let's, uh, yeah, I could, yeah. Ahead. Oh, I would just to finish on that. I would actually add that 
the way that program would look is that someone, you know, picking a barrel could come in. What they would get to do is try, call it the standard Green River bourbon at cast strength or at, you know, call it 115 proof, which is what we have now um, currently. And you'd get to try it with honey and then try it with um, maple, try it with rum, try it with port, try it with uh, Cabernet finished. And you maybe have like, you know, eight to 10 options and you can sit with the group and try how that whiskey tastes. You know, maybe start blending some of those whiskeys yeah. and trying them and saying, okay, if I go t- 10 mLs of this and 20 mLs of that and 20 mLs of that, I've got myself an Oakville. So that's kind of how we made the first one. But to give that experience that led us to where we are today to the people picking the barrels, it'd be a really fun experience. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Because that'd be definitely unique in the industry, just being able to, you know, not just go in and, and get to pick from three barrels and say, Oh, that's my single barrel, but actually get to help design potentially, you know, the, the flavor. It's blending, yeah, basically. Yeah, 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 exactly. Whenever, so. But with Oak. Yeah. Everyone's going to think they're good at it too. They're like, Oh, I got an idea, <laughs> right? That's going to be every single person. Uh, yeah. I have an idea. I want to try this. Hey, that's, and that's, that's how it Mon- goes. Mongolian though. barbecue. Right. It's like a bachelor parties, <laughs> anything. You get this group of guys and they'd be like, Oh, I know I got a good idea. Right. Yeah. I could see it already. Right. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's how the honey, we did one called honey smoke and that was someone calling me up and saying, I have an See? idea. <laughs> want honey. We want honey and mezcal rye whiskey. Oh, and I'm like, uh, Jesus. Okay. Sounds good. And then it was great. It was like the biggest, it was like the biggest hit this year. I think people <laughs> really loved that. Um, you know, it just had a really good buzz around it. A lot of people said it was like the best pour of the year and I don't know, it was really, really, uh, astonishing to see the reaction people had to that product. That's cool, um, yeah. Well, the, the good you know. news is, is so, if yeah. it sucks, it's not your fault. It's their Right, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was holding on to is if people didn't like it, I could just say, oh, I didn't come that up with it. Idea. But, you know, <laughs> I'm being honest, I didn't come up right, with right. it. It was something that, that someone called me about. I can't take credit for coming up with it, but certainly, you know, I think there's very few companies out there that are set up to do that and come out with that and have the flexibility to turn on a dime like that, you know, get a whole new label design, get it approved, get it printed, get it, you know, made all inside of like five months is pretty, yeah. Yeah. It's not a lot of businesses that are going to up and create that and do it as a single barrel. And, you know, hopefully we're big enough in the coming years that we won't be able to do that. And we're a little more streamlined, but the timing just worked out and our, appetite for creative unique ideas is really there i think as a company so that's kind of where it was just the right timing yeah. you know if i got that call next year i don't know if i'd be able to do the same thing again but it's just this is a really unique year for us and we're really happy with all the stuff that's that's gone on and the, the accolades have been wonderful um we just got some really great scores and awards that's awesome on our stuff so. so I know we don't have a lot of time left, so let's jump into this Luciferous here. Uh, introduce that for us. I, I know that uh, 122.6, we said that. Um, we talked about the Oakville a little bit, but just how did this uh, come to be? You mentioned, a, a was it a club or a site or something like that? Um, yeah, we, I worked on this with the owner of uh, tastersclub.com, and he and I came up with, you know, we actually – threw a lot of ideas out as terms of what the Oak bill could be. And I think I probably sent through like five or six different options in the early stages. Cause we knew this was a really dark, really chocolatey whiskey already. Um, this American single malt just 
right out of the barrel was rich with like these milk chocolate flavors and it's it's really you know malty on the mouthfeel it's really uh, rich dense uh it's it's not super sweet uh on the um you know right out of the barrel but when we were playing with it we knew we wanted to bring some like fruit flavors towards it and maybe some more um you know just dark uh dark cherry and all these different characteristics. So we did that um, with a couple of different ideas. So we had done like a wine finish and I think we had done like, we even tried like a cinnamon style with like Emburana, which is the Brazilian oak. And, you know, we tried a couple of things, but when we started smelling the Amaro next to it, we we're just like, wow, that smells really good. So um, we kind of agreed. I think at the end of it, we we're just like, yeah, this is the way we want to go with the Amaro cask. So, we ended up doing Amaro. I always try to balance it. So I put a little French oak to make sure we kept some of it. didn't go too sweet or too fruity. And we wanted to keep those nice vanilla caramel notes that we get a lot from toasted French oak. So we put that in there as well. Awesome. And you, you've got glasses. Right. Yeah, so, so we're going yeah. to nose it. know what you guys Sure. Think. We're going to nose it and then we'll do a quick taste. I know for me, I get a little bit of the spiciness, probably from yeah. that French oak, I would imagine. Um, and the barley, I, I feel like there's a... Yeah, I don't know. The, a nice nutty barley grain. Like chocolatey. Yeah. I, I get like a chocolatey kind of nose to it um, with a, almost like with a spice. It's like a spice. Yeah. I don't want to say like a Mexican, uh, Mexican hot chocolate or something like that, but, but almost, you know, with a, the spicy, like chocolatey yeah. type of note. I, I might be crazy, but I get something smoky on it even. And I like it. Yeah. No, so I far, I I, my nose on this, I've, I've really enjoyed and and total transparency, I, I know I'm not a huge single malt fan generally. Um, I've had some that I've liked, some that I've completely disliked. I just don't disliked. know that I've had uh, a, a lot, lot of, of them. them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm I'm sure that the one that I totally disliked was just not, you know. It just could have been the day. Yeah. Or it could have just been the one that I had. It's I probably mean, you. But this one, <laughs> this one, the nose on it is actually very, very promising. I, I like the spiciness to it. Um, there's an undertone, like I said, almost like a chocolate, uh, like a... To me, I would say almost like a uh, like an old school uh, uh, what do you call it a pharmacy like uh, soda pop like chocolate soda uh, in in my that's what I've got in my so head. So I I dove in and you know obviously first sip first here's my surprise first right sip there's a lot to take in it's you know there's a lot going a lot on which on. I like front to back um, good con- tongue coating yeah can't talk. Good, good, good tongue coating. Yeah. Oh yeah, palate. And then also um, mouthfeel. Yeah, yeah. There you go, mouthfeel. <laughs> it lingers and the proof shows, but it's not like a um, a long Kentucky hug. It doesn't. It it definitely the proof shows, but it doesn't feel like one hundred and twenty two point six to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say it it's playing in my head around like a, a mid one ten one teens. You know, in those. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting a nice. Um, a combination of spice, maybe from that French oak, I, I don't know, but uh, a combination of spice with proof, but not too much of either. It's just perfect. So my, my finish on it is, uh, I'd say, medium to long, but not um, not an alcohol finish. It's more of a spicy finish to me. But then that, that what rounds off the edges to me, I think, is the malted barley. I think that's a, yeah. a nice, rounded finish to me. It's really, really nice. Second, uh, second sip was much better. Much clearer. Um, I like that. 
do you ever eat dark chocolate, either of you? And I mean, like, dark, like 80% cacao or, like, yeah. 75. I was, I was yeah. about to say cacao. Oh, type it of, it yeah. reminds me of, like, a high cacao, like an 80% cacao or yeah. something like that. And it's hard to describe it if you don't it's like not dark super chocolate. Sweet. Yeah, it's not yeah. sweet at all. But I it's a bitter. It's chocolate. nice. It is. That's what I mean. You get that a little bit of bitterness out of that really dark chocolate. Yeah. And that's what I get from this. And this would pair so well with a piece of dark. I'm about to go get a piece of dark chocolate. But that's, <laughs> that would just go together I mean, so well. It would probably pair wonderfully with like a little piece of really dark yeah. chocolate. That's what uh, it reminds me of so much. But also something salty because this is like devoid of salt entirely. Yeah. So like if you had it like a you know, a salty little pretzel chip or something like that, like Ooh, that going back yeah. and forth because the salt will help um, really absorb and, and contract back what is being expelled from all the rich kind of, and again, Amaro has a bitter quality to it. The whiskey itself had a slightly bitter quality to it. So you're going to get some of these, you know, this is like a really, really, really high proof cocktail uh, in a way, yeah. um, given that it has those, characteristics and flavor profiles that are just i mean everything about this is so different than bourbon and so mm-hmm. different than rye and so different than you know even like a weeded whiskey like we did a wheat whiskey with cognac finish and oh my god and it's 120 so it's not too far off it's less than two percent difference uh abv than this one and around the same age too just under four years and we called that one the reckoner mm-hmm. and that one um it got 90 points and it did really really well um and great reviews on some websites and some articles and stuff but what was really cool about it is just so sweet so different it's just so much you can do with the different grains and then when you add in the different staves it's it's infinite there's so many combinations like but if we had done cognac with this and amaro with that like how different would the two have been so you know, uh, somebody came around uh, to us at the uh, Kentucky Bourbon Festival, and they were like, "You know who you are, man. You're like your whiskey Wonka, man. You're like whiskey Wonka. <laughs> whiskey like, Wonka. Really? You need a shirt. So you need a shirt that says whiskey Wonka. Yeah, I need to get that one. Uh, get a logo made for that whiskey Wonka. But I can introduce you. Yeah, to it's kind of funny. Shirts if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you about shirts after this. <laughs> um, no, this is good. I, to be honest, I, I'm enjoying this. I wasn't 100% sure. I opened it last week, didn't pour anything out of it, but I opened it just to let a little bit of air into it. Um, this, is, uh, this is actually yeah. surprisingly, and again, only because of my taste profile, uh, this is surprisingly good to me. Um, and I, I think it's, I'm sure a lot of it is partly your process and your oak bill and all that stuff that's, that's doing that for me. Um, but this is, this is really like good. This is such a good dessert pairing bourbon. Yeah. I'm just trying to yeah. sit there and think of like, Dark even some pair. of the, um, the darker fruit. I think that this would pair well with that. Mm-hmm. Just the tartiness and yeah. that complement yeah. each other. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. I've, I've heard you on other podcasts, and, and uh, you know, I, I wasn't 100% sure what to expect when we tasted this just because I saw single malt whiskey. I was like, all right, all right. I like that. But, yeah, this is That's good. That's great. This is really good. I'm enjoying this a lot. Awesome. So, any, I, I know that you're either out of time or close to. Uh, any other products that you want to talk about or, or um, you know, upcoming things that are widely available, things like that, that you want to discuss? Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, this fourth quarter. We're going to do quite a few, um, not 
that many, maybe 10, 10 or so single barrels for some various groups. And they're, there, there's rye in there, there's bourbon in there, and there's some American light whiskey in yeah. there as well. And so we got, you know, three or four, three of each plus four, four of them are rye. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how some of those came out. We, you know, we submitted some of our single barrel rye to the World Whiskey Awards, and I think we'll do pretty well. We have a rye single barrel that's pretty goddamn good. <laughs> uh, it's pretty, it's like pretty amazing. With, yeah, so with this I, process, I, you know, what do you think works the best for what you're trying to do? Do you, I mean, bourbon, wit, like uh, wheat whiskey, rye? Oh, they all, everything really? works. I mean, there's there's no limit um, or there's no right or wrong. You know, there's some things that just don't go. Yeah. Uh, I could simply advise everyone, no matter who's doing it, to stay away from any peated corn whiskey. Like corn whiskey be it bourbon, be it, you know, hundred percent corn or 99.1 light whiskey. There's no place in corn whiskey for smoky peated flavors. It's disgusting. I'm not a big fan of, uh, like Isla or Isla. How do you say Isla? Isla. Isla scotches. The peatiness, like to me, that reminds me of like a, I've said it before, but like a band aid tin. I'm older. So like you didn't have <laughs> the boxes of band-aids, yeah, uh, they were in little metal tins and when you opened it up, there was this smell and that's what I get from. Well, well don't get me wrong. I love peated. I'm Ugh. a huge scotch drinker and a huge peated scotch drinker. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. But I think to your question earlier, like, is there anything that doesn't work um, or, what, or anything we wouldn't do? Like you're just never going to see us take a corn whiskey base and then add peated any we've used peated scotch barrels and whatnot but we won't we won't uh, um combine that with with peat ever or with with corn so you might be hearing my dog it loves to take water bottles (laughs) and just removes the cap from them and then it's done with them once he's once he gets the cap off he's done with it so you'll hear the the uh crinkliness and then once he gets the cap off it's done he's done I, we can't hear anything. Oh, you can't. Oh, oh that's good. Uh, no. <laughs> Hopefully it's not being but, recorded. But, yeah, to that point, you know, uh, we did do a peated uh, malt whiskey, and then we also did a peated blended with a wheat whiskey. Um, those were called Fenwalker, and then we did a um, – we're going to do maybe one more of those, but it's kind of a series that we have going of peated scotch casks um, that we've put with American whiskeys to kind of blend the two together one one was sherry and peated the first one was just peated um i can see sherry and peated being so, a, yeah, a good combination yeah with with american malt whiskey yeah. you know it's, it's it's kind of like this smoked chocolate campfire smoldering kind of mossy flavor it's really really good stuff if you like how my wife more describes of, uh, me smoldering <laughs> mossy <laughs> yeah <laughs> So that's awesome. Yeah. So like, are you guys, I know you guys, it sounds like you were at the Kentucky bourbon festival. How was that? Yeah. I've heard this year oh, was, was one awesome. of the best years they've uh, had. Uh, it was one of the best. It's one of the best events of the year. If not the best event, it's just so much fun. I just hate that they um, do it on the same weekend as bourbon and beyond. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. They're two different things. I, I mean, one's are, a concert, one's a bourbon event. <laughs> but they're both kind of <laughs> supposed to be bourbon events to some degree. It just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, I man. Know. I, I don't know if Bourbon and Beyond is the same. I, I, well, it's definitely not the same you know, level, for sure. 
But it's supposed to be attracting, you know, like they have the bur- big bourbon bar and stuff. It's supposed to be attracting some bourbon Oh, yeah. People, I think but. there's plenty of, it's, think of it like, you know, like uh, Coachella or whatnot, <laughs> but with really great whiskey. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whiskey education, you know, seminars. But I would say for every one person that's there for the seminar, oh, there was like for the music. 10,000. Nice. <laughs> no, like 10,000, because there's probably 150,000 people there. Did you see the pictures? So there's probably 100. There's like 150 people at the seminar, I'm yeah. sure. And then like, no, I'm, I'm making this I up. I, I'm not trying to bash. I'm sure it's a wonderful event. I'm not, I'm not even, I have nothing bad to say about it. In fact, I wish I could be at both, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the purists are more I, at the I, Kentucky Bourbon Festival, I'm sure. Yeah, that's the, the purest. Like when people come to your table, it's not like, give me a shot. It's like, <laughs> give, me, give me a five-minute explanation on why this rye is better than that rye. Sure. And, kind of opens the door for education, which is what we're all about is education and that sort of thing. I think bourbon and beyond is probably, you know, when we get a little bigger and our budgets are a little bigger um, and we can spend more to really just kind of have one or two items there that are being poured to simply just kind of hit the masses. Yeah. I think that's when plan. we see yeah. a brand like ours at bourbon and beyond when we're just a little bit more mature and a little more volume going out and, and that kind of thing. Like we're trying to, we're trying to make some real core fans right now and really get people that understand, you know, people like the people listening to your podcast and that's our audience right now. So that's why I'm here with you guys doing this. No, we love it. Versus, you know, pouring at some music festival. (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) No, we would have been at the Kentucky bourbon festival this year, but we had a wedding that was at the same, on the same weekend. And, uh, so we didn't have a chance to come up. So, but, uh, Next. But we did get to feed Next. some giraffes. Yeah, so that, that was, was fun. It was a yeah. wedding at the zoo. <laughs> it was at the zoo, at the very African Center. Very but it was cool. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was really cool. But uh, I know that you had a limited time, and you've already gone over that, so we totally appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I know, but it's been great chatting with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'd love to have you on again at some point, just to dig a little bit deeper on this. But uh, thank you again, uh, Seth, for joining in. Um, you know, this will be up this Thursday, so we'll actually have it up this Thursday. Um yeah, we'll promote yeah, it. Yeah, so one thing I want you to do is tell us where we can find you social media-wise. I know, uh, you know your, your website is brokenbarrelwhiskey.com, but what about like Instagram, Twitter, things like that? We're not really on Twitter. We have a TikTok, and that's Broken Barrel Whiskey. And then our Instagram uh, is also Broken Barrel Whiskey. And then, I mean, those are the best places. If you're looking to buy something, um, you can always just try Google as long as you live in you know, not a control state. I'm sure that you can find someone that'll ship to you. <laughs> so that's the, uh, that's the best one to find, but yeah, yeah. Google, um, you know, just look at our website. We, if there's something for sale, if it's available and not sold out, we do link out to some of these retailers that carry specialty items like luciferous, which is at tastersclub.com or, you know, um, our double barrel or our cornucopia bourbon, which is another cool one. We just we have a lot of really cool, sure. crazy stuff out. So and real quick, check it uh, out. Tell us about your Broken Barrel Whiskey Club. Yeah, we do have a whiskey club. That's right. Um, that's worth mentioning. We do have a whiskey club where you get two bottles every quarter, so eight bottles a year. It's about just under five hundred bucks, um, but it does knock uh, I think twenty percent. I, I could be wrong about that, but it's about twenty percent off per bottle, roughly. It says it on the website. Sure, sure. Nice. I didn't mean but to But I wrote that spot, so but... long ago, I forgot what the numbers <laughs> yeah. were. But I know it's about 480 bucks. <laughs> There's a year, one that saves you 25%, and... one saves you 15% off retail. Yeah, 25%. So, That's a good chunk. Yeah. you know, get, 
Yeah, I mean, if you're really looking to collect, I mean, the guys that have signed up for we don't have that many members, but the ones that have signed up, they have these really beautiful collections that we've seen people posting members of ours and other people going nuts over what they got from the club. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it is a bit, you know, it's a bit upfront, but you're going to get the best whiskey we make every quarter. And, you know, the guys, this fourth quarter coming up is going to be an awesome release as well. Some really good stuff, like age dated, um, private barrels that are going out to different clubs. So, anyway, all right. Well, I do have to run, no guys. Problem. It's been really, really fun. Yeah, thank you. Uh, chatting with you guys, and we'll have to do a part two. Definitely. Hey, Thanks for great. joining. Thank and you. And we appreciate it. This was uh, the Luciferous was really good. It so if you delicious. have a chance to get it, go out on the uh, what was it, Tasters Club? All righty. What it was. Take care, guys. Yeah, you too. Care. All right, Tim. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon.